St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who, said, who, who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This week, we talk about love. A love that tells us that we, are not alone, that we aren't alone. A love that walks alongside us. A love that tells us that we are blessed. We light the final Advent candle on the wreath as we get closer to Jesus' birth, the light of the world coming in the flesh to be with us. In today's gospel text, Mary is visited with the most unconventional birth announcement. Some would say it's the craziest gender reveal story that I think anyone could have. She is visited by the angel and told that she is going to have a baby and he will be great. What a story to tell your friends, right? A gender reveal party, for those of you who don't know, has become the newest sensation. It is a chance for parents to reveal the sex of the baby they will be having in creative ways. Like, they open up a cake and it's blue or pink inside. Or they have a big balloon filled with chalk and they pop it to reveal which sex the baby will be. But some of them have gotten quite wild, with fireworks and confetti, dogs having their fur dyed, even grandparents wearing baby onesies in the blue or pink. But this one, this is so much more crazy than cutting a cake or popping a balloon. There is a literal angel telling her that she's going to have a baby and that he will be the son of the Most High. She is completely caught off guard, alone, 
She is not surrounded by friends or family or a doctor to hold her hand as she receives this life-altering news. And so the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What a crazy thing to hear, that you have found favor with God. Essentially, God sees you. You, this teenage mother who will now become, this teenage girl who will now become a mother out of wedlock. You, who thought your life would be one thing, but now it will totally go another direction. You, who don't think you are all that special. Why you? All these things are swirling through your head. And yet, you are who God sees. And God chooses you. I think this is a lot to process. The Almighty God who brought God's people out of Egypt. A God who spit Jonah out of the whale. Who brings down the mighty and lifts up the lowly. God chose you to carry God's dream into the world. God came in the form of a baby through the womb of a teenager. God came for the lowly, the poor, the young, and the old. God's dream, the light of the world, is coming into the world through you. And I want you to notice one thing before Mary says, yes. It says that she is blessed. And this is huge. Because Mary is not only important to the whole gospel story, but also in this moment reveals something central to our Christian life. Mary is regularly hailed as a model of faith for her acceptance of this role, that God invites her into as the mother of Jesus. And we see throughout Luke's gospel that the willingness to trust in the promises of God is the mark of discipleship. And so we have Elizabeth believing in her old age that she will bear a son, John. We have disciples who believe that they will fish for people. We have tax collectors and thieves believe that they can be redeemed. And so we too believe in God's promises. Not only does Mary believe in this announcement from Gabriel that she will bear the Son of the Most High, but she believes that God sees her, that God favors her, that God has blessed her and has great plans for her. And I think this leads us to such a central dynamic, not only in the gospel, but also in Christian life itself. That we are called to believe that what we are called to believe in is that God similarly notices, favors, and blesses us. And once we believe that, we can do incredible things. Blessing is such a powerful thing. And also it seems to be so rare. We live in this world of rewards and punishments, whether at work or school or at home. We have been conditioned to expect people to give us only what we deserve. But blessing is so very different. Blessing is never deserved. 
but always a gift. Blessing disrupts our quid pro quo world to announce that someone sees us as worthy and special apart from anything that we've done. And maybe because it's so rare, it's also hard to believe. Hard to believe that an angel came down and visited Mary. Hard to believe that a virgin could be pregnant. Hard to believe that God chose the most unlikely of people to do something so incredible. Hard to believe that we can be blessed before we even say yes. And so alongside Mary, we respond. What have I done to merit God's notice and favor? But that's the best part of blessing, is that it is unmerited and undeserved. And when that blessing sinks in in us, it changes us. It opens us up to receive the work of the Holy Spirit through us and uses us to carry the light of Christ into the world, to carry it to others. Which is why I think it matters that we notice that before Mary says yes, that she is blessed. I think we too often wonder if God really sees us, really hears our prayers, really listens to our struggles and pains, really notices us. I mean, why would God notice us when we just do the mundane things of the world? Work, school, home, Netflix. These are hardly worth God's attention. And yet, God, in this story, notices and blesses someone who is a complete nobody, someone who we would have ignored, but who God sees. Mary is not the exception. She is an example of what can happen when you believe that God notices, favors, and blesses you. She shows us just how we too birth Christ in this world. She carries God's dreams, and we too are called to bear God's dreams into this world. But what does it mean to birth Christ into the world? What good is it to us if Mary gave birth to the Son of God 2,000 years ago, and we do not also birth God, birth give birth to the Son of God in our time and in our culture. It can be so easy in this Christmas season to sing songs, to light candles, and paint Mary as this clean, perfect woman, prayerfully surrendering to the angel and singing her song. But this woman was fierce and full of strength and fury. When she accepts the charge before her of birthing the Christ child, she actually offers us a prophecy. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now all on generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him, 
From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Birthing Christ into the world means hearing Mary's Magnificat shouted and not sung. In the halls of our Capitol building, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. In the corridors of the West Wing, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. In the streets, with protesters fighting for racial justice, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Among women who have survived assault, harassment, and rape, he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Among the poor, the refugees, the victims of gun violence, Black Lives Matter movement, poor people's campaign, preachers and teachers speaking out against nationalism and white supremacy, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. With the Magnificat, Mary declares that God has chosen sides, but not with the powerful. It's with the humble, not with the rich, but with the poor, not with the power structures, but with the people on the margins, not with the narcissistic kings, but with the unwed, unbelieved teenaged girls. God has made a home in the very people this world cast aside. And Mary names this reality for us. God is with us. Seeing Mary as blessed means embracing those who identify with her, the lowly, the refugees, the rejected, and the poor. And putting Christ back into Christmas means giving justice to those who await it. It means giving birth to God's dreams. And so I invite you today to imagine that you too are being blessed by God. Right in this moment, you are being blessed to be a blessing to the world. Take in the hugeness of what this means. That here, in this moment, God sees us and God blesses us that we are actually God's favored ones, called and commissioned to hear, believe, and respond to God's blessings wherever we are. And maybe that's easier said than done. But what we know is that we are blessed first, and then we respond with a yes. 
So how can we be a blessing to the world, to our church, to our family, to our friends, to those experiencing homelessness, to those who hunger, to those who thirst, to those who are spiritually depleted, to those who are lonely, to those who are sick, to those who have been hurt, to those who feel rejected, and to those who think they are invisible. How can we scream Mary's Magnificat into the world and give birth to God's dreams? For we are blessed, we are loved, and we are not alone. God even says to us, greetings, favored ones. The Lord is with you and plans to do great things through you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with those who dream, because those who dream are never alone. Amen.